welcome to Are We Where Yet with Johnny Awesome and Tori Black. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode four of the Are We Where Yet podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Studio Y. Studio Y is located here in Yuma, Arizona at uh, 250 South Madison Avenue. It's downtown Yuma, Arizona. You could find more info at studioyyoga.com. And that's why just the letter, not the actual word. So studioyyoga.com. And they're bringing you 25% off. That's that's unbelievable. Right? That's total blessing from them. But twenty five percent off. Generous. She's such a beautiful soul. That is very generous. So that's twenty five percent off the membership. Twenty five percent off classes. Just twenty five percent off if you mention this episode. So that's a great thing. They have offer things like uh, hot yoga, which I want to try. Hot yoga, Tori. What do you think? No, it's no? not my thing. No, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. The well, room gets toasty. Does it? Yeah. Okay, well, me and Rigo are going to do it. That's Lots already a given. Yeah. Me and Rigo are doing that. <laughs> but they got, uh, and garden meditation, I saw something like that on their face. That fa- just started, and that was Amanda's brain baby. She asked if I would do that. And so that's in the um, next door at the historic home, mm-hmm. and it's in their gardens. Beautiful space. Th- yeah, so I'm, I'm excited about that when I, I saw that this mm-hmm. morning. So, yeah, they got garden meditation and uh, a, f- a host of other classes, so... Thank you, Studio Y, for being our first official sponsor of the Are We Where Yet podcast. So let's get into it. Uh, well, uh, first of all, I'm Johnny, and over here we got Tori. What's up, guys? And our guest today is Sherry Magdaleno. Did I say that right? Magda- you did. Okay. Good job. Hello. Cool. Good morning. Good morning. And uh, today, is, it's exciting for me because I'll give a little bit background how I met you or how I first saw you was at the Chamber of Commerce. It was a breakfast that they did, and that you got suckered into being like the spokesman or spokeswoman for the clinic. For the yes. clinic. Yeah, did. and yeah, and and I think it was kind of like they were. We explained later. It was kind of like, well, you know stuff, so you go do it, right? right? Well, Elise just said you're a better people person, and which I'm is definitely not a sure. morning person. But I figured it's once a month. Why not? So mm-hmm. that's the good morning Yuma that the chamber does. Yeah, and so yeah. Um, being the clinic case manager, I also became, I guess, the PR person. You were the PR the, person. Right. And, and you gave a little, uh, what they call soapbox, you gave a little talk. Exactly. And you mentioned meditation. I did. Mm-hmm. And um, I was going through a terrible time in my life. Uh, it's dark, horrible time. And I, I was familiar with the clinic and Elise, uh, and I did uh, acupuncture mm-hmm. um, a few years previous which acupuncture I, I enjoyed. It was very relaxing, if anything. It was uh, it's amazing medicine. Yeah. So I was definitely relaxed, but uh, you just talked about meditation. I'm like, well, I need something. Mm-hmm. I needed something. I mean, it was very, very dark part of my life. And uh, I said, I'm going to try this. So uh, after I left, I ended up looking online and uh, trying to get a hold of you. And I, I think I asked a mutual friend for your phone number, and I contacted you, and you said, yes, you do these meditation classes. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, I think it's a month long? Was it a month long? Yeah, I, I design all my classes to be a series of four. You okay. know, humans have to do something and repeat it 27 times for it to become a habit, right? So I figure, what better than a month if they're doing what I've asked them to do in the week because we meet once a week, mm-hmm. then by the end of the month, they should be good as gold, right? Well, yeah, that, that's <laughs> yeah, excellent concept. So I uh, ended up taking the class, and it was the best thing I've ever done. I have to say, meditation is my medicine. That's generous. Thank you, John. It was it, so, so even reading your bio, you, you would call yourself a healer, or you'd be known as a healer. And uh, I think there's different levels to healing. Right. And so I would say, without a doubt, you brought healing to my life. I'm being 100% genuine that you brought healing to my life. And however people want to slice that or dice that, it's... Actually, you brought it to yourself. I just helped you remember. Which, this is kind of true, because meditation is breathing. Mm -hmm. And remembering who you are. You connect with yourself in a deeper way than doing anything else. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love to refer to meditation as the ultimate form of self-love, truly. Mm-hmm. You're so, never loving yourself more than giving yourself that time and that quietness, sitting in that stillness. 
Okay, so now that we got that kind of out of the way, and uh, I just want to I want to go to demystifying it real quick before the listeners get any deeper and they shut it off because it's like oh meditation and you know seances woo woo and, and yeah mm-hmm. exactly so this is new agey and all those words that I know you've heard I've heard oh I've heard all the taboos so the things that stifle people and scare them from coming and even trying meditation i heard it all so let's demystify it mm-hmm. what is meditation okay i love the quote and so it's been attributed to many um spiritual masters but i believe it was buddha that said it that prayer is speaking to the divine but meditation is listening so truly it's just sitting in a space and being present mm-hmm. so literally one conscious breath in and out is meditation. And I love that. So for me, the greatest thing that I teach is mindfulness. Mm -hmm. One, it's portable. And two, we spend so much of our time rushing to wait everywhere we go, right? So rushing to wait, you're saying like... We rush to wait everywhere. The checkout line at the the grocery, the red lights in traffic, Mm -hmm. the doctor's office. If you really started adding up how much time you are actually waiting... And then spend that time that you're waiting instead of doing this, you know, flipping through your phone with your thumb. Yeah, getting that dopamine hit because you got a like on Facebook. And just be present, you know, connecting with all the senses and then deep breathing. It'll be life-altering. You'll transform your life just by doing that. Pumping the gas. So instead of, you know, pumping the gas and like checking out, people love to check out. Even driving, people are checking out. So you when know, you say there, check out, like break that down for me. I love referring to checking out as time travel, right? So spending your your mind space in any time other than now is time traveling. So people have a tendency to time travel to the past. That's the I should have, I could have, oh, I, you know, mm-hmm. and constantly berating themselves. Some regrets. Or... Right. And so they would have more of a predisposition to be depressed. So if you think about physiologically what that does to the body, you're slowing everything down. So you feel not motivated, everything feels slow, and you're in that space, you're living in that space, you're time traveling. weaken the immune system. Exactly, all of that. And then time traveling to the future, this is the person who's driving but already at their destination. This is the person who's constantly like, I'm a go-getter, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's good to make goals, and that always comes up when I start talking about time traveling to the future. What about goals? Goals are not a bad thing. This is what vision boards are good for. This is what focus wheels are good for. Write it down and release it. You've already put it out into the universe. Let it go. Let the universe handle it at that point. That's right. And do not live in that space. Because living in that space, you're forcing your body to be in a space that also doesn't exist. Nothing exists but now. So for you, fortunately or unfortunately, myself, this beautiful lady, and Rigo, us four are the only things that exist right now. So what do you have to worry about? Literally, what do you have to worry about? You, you know, and uh, I was the second person you mentioned. I was living in the future constantly. I was the go-getter that had to prove myself. And um, I lost myself in the future. Mm-hmm. I completely lost myself in the future, and it affected my family it affected uh, the people around me, had a business, affected the people that worked for me, the people that worked with me, the clients that I had, because I was constantly in the future. And I was never be able to be present with them during signing that contract, going over that project, you know, my son and his schoolwork. I was, n- I was never there. So meditation helped me to learn about or focus on being present with people. Mm-hmm. Because that's all that matters. Right here, like you said, this is it. The four right. of us in this room doing what we're doing. What do we have to worry about? Nada. Nothing. Nothing. It's just it's a beautiful oh, space. Translation, nothing. <laughs> you, you, you know, and uh, so you, there's that. But to also break down a little bit the um, brain waves, what meditation does. Oh, or what, Okay, let's start with what meditation is breathing and I'll let you go. Well, there's thousands of different types of meditation. Thousands, literally. I mean, it's endless, the practice. And that's why I love mindfulness, right? Mindfulness is bringing you into the present moment. Once you have a handle on that, everything else is cake. 
you know, and hopefully I tickle your consciousness enough that you want to go and find a practice that resonates with you. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's my hope, right? Because when you start connecting with yourself, just through being mindful, you start to know yourself, right? And mm-hmm. then you start to remember. And we all come into this life already knowing and we forget, right? So that remembering all of us as children, literally every single one of us had some meditative practice, right? That we used to comfort ourselves, all of us. And so that makes it even more millions, billions types of meditation. Do you understand? Okay. Because there's Jonathan meditation, there's Veronica meditation, there's Victoria. Victoria, I'm so (laughs) sorry. And Sherry meditation. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And, um, so it's really important to remember who you are and those practices. So even when I teach my sensitive and psychic people, I always say, I'll tell you how I do this thing, but you will remember how you do it. Wow. So you can use mine and then you will start to remember like, oh, this is how I do this. And you will remember and use your own technique. It's endless. Mm -hmm. So it's like unique to the individual. Exactly. But mindfulness, I mean, bringing yourself into the present moment is, like I said, it's transformative. It's empowering. And that's why that's literally my favorite. And I love teaching everything. I love sharing the mm-hmm. knowledge that I have and helping people come into their selves and come into the light. All of that. I love that. That's my purpose. That's my path. And aligning with that um, is so gratifying. And I am grateful and beautiful thing. Okay. So you said there's a, um, a bunch of different types. Mm-hmm. And so the, the type you taught me was basic mindful meditation. Exactly. And so just like, again, to kind of demystify that, what did you teach me? In, in the, in the uh, very uh, physics sense, you taught me to breathe and count my breath, well, correct? Well, how do I teach? So everybody gets something different out of the class. Okay. So um, what is my goal to teach? just to teach people to be present, stop time traveling. So quieting the mind. So truly you have to figure out whose voice that is in your head. Cause that voice is a database. Our mind is a database. So just like a calculator is meant to calculate numbers, our brain is meant to solve human problem, right? So unfortunately that database doesn't save a whole lot of good stuff. It saves all the negative stuff that happens to us. And this is from the time we're infants, So that voice in your head is not you. You are the infinite, unchanging constant. Mm -hmm. Anything that is changing is not you. How can it be? So even the body, the mind, all of that, it's not you. You are the observer. So coming to the recognition that that voice is not you, most people wouldn't even allow their friends to talk to them the way that voice talks to them in their head. You know? Oh, what makes you think you can do this? Why do you think that people even want to listen to you, right? What are the things you hear in your head? Yeah, you don't, you don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it's, it's horrific. And so I help people recognize that's not you. And so when they start to recognize that it's not them, then they also start to recognize how much that's happening, that dialogue is happening. Mm-hmm. So I tell them, I said, this is not going to be overnight. And just like I taught you, it's not going to be overnight. This is a daily practice of recognition and coming into yourself and being present, right? So you can get a whole page of dialogue out sometimes before you recognize that insanity is happening. And you say, oh, that's happening. Be quiet. Right? And then the next time it would be two paragraphs and then maybe two lines and then two words. And then eventually you will achieve peace. I don't have dialogue going on in my head. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. Once you realize what it is and to live without it, it's like, wait a minute, I got to get back to that place where this thing isn't constantly in my head mm-hmm. putting me down because it's not you. Like you said, it's not you. And to recognize that it's not you is, was a huge leap for me. Mm-hmm. You know? Now, are we talking about negative dialogue or are we talking about like in the head? Cause I was watching, no, it's cause I was watching a Ted talk yesterday, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny. Um, and it was about um, coaching the inner voice, right? So I'm just wondering if that's just like... Intuition are, are you... is different. Intuition okay. will never berate you. Got it. And 
divine voice and divine inter, um, intuition always comes as this creative voice and it feels good. It feels right. Got it. Right. Okay. It will never make you second guess what you're doing. That data makes you second guess everything. Right. That's the voice that stops you, stifles you. Right. I'm about to do this. Um, I was asked to do this. And then that voice says, oh, you think you can? Right. So it's wacky. The things that we save, people don't even realize what we save. This could be the teacher in first grade, seeing you talk to your desk mate and say, shh, just really rude. And then all of a sudden the kid, and then they think my voice is not worthy of being heard. Mm -hmm. And And this is the person that never speaks up for themselves. Got it. Because of that instant that -hmm. happened so long ago. Right. And those neurons firing away in their brain, making a connection. Yep. Okay. You know, like the mm -hmm. type, the little man typing in the head, right? It just recorded that experience. (laughs) And it was like, okay, now this is how we're going to act forever. Yep. Until you go back in, uh, Dr. Joe uh, Dispenza was, was after I, I got into meditation. Dr. Joe Dispenza he has a book called "Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself," mm-hmm. and that really helped me dive deeper into meditation because he's like, "No, you actually reprogram the brain and the neurons that are firing together, and you kind of short circuit the bad, and you create new ones, these new pathways." Mm-hmm. And I was an electrician; I understand electricity. So you got these little uh, pieces of electricity flowing through your brain and a new avenue, a new direction, and then you start to live from that direction. You mm-hmm. don't live from the pre-programmed you know, kid in first grade that heard that, shh. Right. You start to live from that, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. You start, and, and so and affirmations played a big part in it as well. I started to do a lot of affirmations and then, in the time of meditation and directly leaving meditation. And I start to live from that place. Mm -hmm. I don't live from the place that I used to live anymore. So, um, we'll get into intuition later. So I definitely want to talk more about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to touch on affirmations because I think affirmations are great. Okay. Um, I like affirmations on a vision board. I like even writing with a dry erase marker on the mirror that you're getting ready with in the morning, Mm -hmm. writing an affirmation. I don't like the dialogue in the head. That whole idea, it's the same thing. You're creating a voice. So you're changing that voice. So now it's nice. It's a nice voice, but Mm -hmm. it's still a voice. You want to really quiet that because then you're walking in um, a higher level of consciousness where you're constantly connecting with your true existence not um, the database, because we are more than this body, of course. Oh, so you're saying but to even are, go back to the database. Yeah, okay, and, I see what you're saying. And hit delete. That's it. And then you live from this place that's, that's perpetual peace. spirit. It's constant. So like Pure divine love. Pure di- okay, I see, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Because even affirmations will still um, cause that dialogue, but it's also separate and that feeds the ego Mm -hmm. so ego is not only telling you that you're superior but also that you're inferior right so what you're doing by creating a new database is shifting from that inferior thought process to superior thought process it's still a thought process and you're still living in that headspace i say get out of the head so then ego can even get clever and be like, no, we're berating you so oh, you can get ego better. ego is super clever. Right? So it's, it's like, okay, wait a minute. I'm, I'm berating you so you can get off your butt and go do something. So it's like tricky. Right. You, you kind of have to um, navigate through that and like, wait a minute. No, no. And uh, living from a place of spirit is something that's definitely not talked about. People don't know that that's an, an option. And then that's like has to do with the intuition, that inner voice that's and there. And it's very interesting, John. I'm glad you said that. It's very interesting that it's not. Not taught? That, right. Not mm-hmm. talked about. Not Well, because it, I started to think about that. But my inner voice might say something a little bit different than your inner voice. And how do we deal with that in the, the material world? You know, it's like, okay, wait a minute. We would like to be told what to do. In one sense, because then we don't have to. it's easy. It's easy. It's an easy way out. Mm-hmm. But if you listen to that intuition, it's like, wait a minute. It's telling me to go left and go, instead of going right. 
but right, I see this candy over here or whatever. I see this, like, it looks like it's the place to be, but why is it telling me to go this way? Mm-hmm. And then everybody around you is going to be like, well, obviously you're going to go right. Look at what's at the end of the road there. And that's the ego. You have all what this. are you doing? Yeah. It's not even just the ego. It's your friends. It's your family that's telling you, well, this is the better path, obviously. Mm-hmm. And you nobody know? can tell you who you are. That's the thing. It's we become someone else's version of us. Mm-hmm. And that's sad. It, it really, you don't even realize the number of people that are not their own version of them. And so I hope usually going through my classes that people realize that and they become more fully their own version of themselves. So it's like, you should not ever, ever be listening to anyone else. Mm -hmm. Literally. And I even, I raise my kids that way. My kids are teens. And so, yes, I am tethered to this material world and to this earth plane because I am a mother. And that's um, literally, and I joke saying this is the only thing that's keeping me from being transcended. Mm -hmm. But truly, I mean, it is. I uh, (laughs) I joke, but yeah. Mm -hmm. I have very ascended friends who told me once, yes, um, parents, you have one hand on your kids and one hand on that on God, right? Mm -hmm. And when your kids are all grown up, then you can hold them with two. So I do live this duality, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's my struggle. So, and that's also um, been the greatest lesson for me as well, because also giving them the the freedom to be who they are, because it triggers that old database, how you were raised. And so I'm actually severing generations of programming by being a different mother with my kids. Different than your mother and then her mother. And exactly. Then, you know, and not... I'm, I'm dissolving karma like, mm-hmm. like a badass. I, I, and, I, <laughs> I, I, and I believe it. I, I, I believe it 100%, you know? And, and uh, so even for, for uh, my background in uh, the Christian religion and tradition, there's mm-hmm. actually a scripture in the Bible that says you could reach a point where no man needs to teach you. It's right there in the Bible in black and white, but people don't talk about it. It's kind of like, yeah, it's there, but you're never going to get there. So listen to me, mm-hmm. you know, like you got to listen to the pastor. You got to listen to these people because yeah, even though it says this here, you're never going to get there. And uh, I, so I want to bring up a little story about that real quick. Um, so uh, well, meditation is different forms, but the one you taught me was counting breath and kind of going into myself and kind of... Um, being okay sitting still, like even sitting still for five minutes to me was a huge challenge when I first started. I remember you're like, we're going to do five minutes. And it's like, uh, <laughs> really, it was like tough. But you know how long you're actually meditating in those classes, right? I don't remember. No. You're in meditation for at least 30 minutes when I do those classes. You know, and then like now that it just goes by, mm-hmm. you know, my meditation just goes, but, um, uh, so, oh, so we kind of, okay, demystified, it's breathing, right? Mm-hmm. It's a breathing exercise. And so um, I was talking to my wife, and my wife brought up a little story about when she was in elementary school, there was a, uh, a program called CHAMPS. And uh, CHAMPS was an extracurricular program, and one of the things they taught was meditation in elementary school, and this was probably in the um, 80s, late 80s that they came in and taught these kids meditation. Well, my wife went to a very uh, strict church and they were like, no, we don't want our kids involved in this meditation. This is Eastern. This is new age. We're not going to do it. And mm-hmm. so my wife became the like uh, champion mm-hmm. of we're not going to do it. We're not going to do this meditation. And so they started her and the different, uh, Kids that went to that church at that time at this elementary school started Champs for the Lord. And at Champs for the Lord, instead of meditating at that time, you prayed at that time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and it's very innocent. You know, my wife, she was young. It was mm-hmm. elementary school. The t- people over here said, no, meditation is bad. It's Eastern. It's New Age. We pray. We don't meditate. Mm-hmm. And so they started this uh, 
separate entity that uh, gave more weight to prayer. No, I'm all for prayer. I pray every day. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with prayer. There's nothing wrong with prayer. It's just some people do an awful lot of talking instead of listening. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, so I, I asked my wife, I was like, hey, can I use this story mm-hmm. in, the, in the podcast? I wanted permission and to be able to use this and share this. And she said, yeah, that's, that's totally fine. And um, so yesterday, she texted me mm-hmm. and said, hey, I can tell a difference in you if you meditate or not. Like, I don't know about this meditation still because that, that programming that you said when she was a kid mm-hmm. and being young, she still, she still can't get over it. Right. And she admits that she can't get over it. She, she's not ready to meditate or dive into that because mm-hmm. there's still something in her that says, mm, but she texted me and said, I can tell the difference if you meditate or not. Mm-hmm. I just want to let you know that. And I didn't know if that was like a compliment or it was like you didn't of meditate it's today. You were, you were giving, you, or you know what I mean, or like you. Because then she would try to deter you, right? She would have never told you that. Yeah, or but I'm just saying, was I being a jerk today because I didn't meditate? Because I didn't meditate yesterday, you know. So I, and, and I could tell a huge difference in myself. Right. Big difference. You, you know? know what? Go. You didn't text me for nothing yesterday, and I thought that was weird. Yeah. So Maybe I it was. I was in this place where I was trying to hurry to get everything done again. I became that old, like, okay, I got to get this done. I got so much to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to get the kids to the fair. Yeah, you know, it was like there was a, became a lot. So I didn't have time for my meditation. And so she mm-hmm. texted me, mm-hmm. hey, I could tell a difference. <laughs> I don't know about that, this other thing, but I know a difference in you. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, Wow. So the, today I was like, first I got up super early, make sure I did my meditation, my process, I did my, what I had to do. So, okay, sorry, it's a long story, but no, so I'm, perfect. I'm, I'm going over my notes for the today's podcast. I'm sitting at a coffee shop and I'm writing about my wife's experience, right? So I can have it in my head and then put it into the universe before I do this podcast. I'm doing this at the coffee shop. I look over. And there's somebody at the um, barista, and I, I say, like, that looks like Lori. But Lori doesn't live here. She lives in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, but that really looks like Lori. And so I, I went to get my phone, and I was going to text my sister. And Lori is uh, Citizen Ames' uh, stepmother, who was my best friend and uh, music and on and on, but was also my wife's principal at that elementary school. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm writing a story about that experience, and there is the principal of the school. And then so I'm like, well, maybe it's not her. My sister's not answering. I don't have confirmation. She goes over to her friend and says, hey, uh, watch out for the drink. They're going to say Lori when the drink comes. And I was like, it's Lori. So I look, Lori, like I'm writing about you right now in my journal, and you arrive. Mm-hmm. And she's looking at me like I'm a weirdo because I'm a weirdo. But it's like, this is the <laughs> no, world I live in. No, that's divine synchronicity. It's beautiful. And so I'm like, I said, can I ask you about this, about champs? Mm-hmm. About this uh, thing that I want to talk about? She said, sure. I said, do you remember this happening? And she remembers it happening. Mm-hmm. She said, I still teach meditation at, um, I, I wrote it down here, uh, what school she teaches at. Uh, oh, it's on the next page. At Glendale Community College. Mm-hmm. She teaches meditation still to these uh, kids at college. When they come in, that's the first thing they do for five minutes mm-hmm. is meditate. And uh, I said, do you remember the parents not liking it? And said, yeah, they said it was new age. They said it was Eastern this. And, and it, we were okay with that. But it's unfortunate that these kids didn't get to experience this. Mm-hmm. You know, she kind of just brought up. And one thing she mentioned is, I, I don't think they wanted the kids to start thinking for themselves. And that is the point. That's the point. So here we talk about religion trying to deter people from meditating. And why then do all of their leaders, priests, right? They all mm-hmm. meditate. They all sit in that silence. It's meditation. Mm-hmm. They're not in, in dialogue, in prayer. They're in silence. They meditate. So why do they teach then not to meditate? Are they the only ones allowed to access that divine energy and connection. And so it, it, you should be questioning that. Reverends yeah. and priests and monks, all of them meditate, all of them. Mm-hmm. And so it cracks me up when I hear new agey. New agey 
means new. I yeah. mean, it literally, literally means new. New means new. Yes. And Eastern is the oldest. It's where it came from. Practice ever. I mean, this predates Western. And so. Here's, here's one thing. I don't mean to interrupt, but Judaism mm-hmm. is an Eastern religion. Yes. And try telling that to any Christian, it's like um, short circuits. Like, no, no, Judaism is an Eastern religion. Right. So let's let's go there. It wasn't until like later on in Socrates and it, it got mixed with the Western vibe. But mm-hmm. uh, but Judaism, it's an Eastern religion, Judaism. Right. But, well, all religions were actually based on the Upanishads, which is a spiritual text, not a religious text. And um, so Christianity was newer, but there's a whole span of time where Jesus actually went to India and sat with these ascended masters and these beautiful, beautiful um, spiritual teachers, then went and took those teachings back. Mm -hmm. And that's what helped elevate him. So people don't even realize that it's all ancient and that predates religion it predates all religion and religion was created for a completely different reason it wasn't created to make us more spiritual people and keep us compassionate and loving it was actually created out of greed and power and it separates and so um when they say oh you have no faith i actually have i love um, i heard a swami say this once no i have ultimate faith Mm-hmm. So you could say I'm anything, that I'm Jewish, that I'm Buddhist, that I'm Christian. At one level, it doesn't matter to you. Right, because it's all the same God. Because anyway. there's only one God. and so right. that There's one creator. And so at the heart of all religion, and I've read texts from many, I've read the Quran, two versions of the Bible, and um, Buddhist texts, but... Here's the thing, and the Upanishads. So that's one, once I accessed the Upanishads, I stopped looking because that resonated with me and on a deeper level more than mm-hmm. anything else. It, it was just oozing truth, and I knew that. And um, so I didn't have to search anymore. But all of those other texts, they all have truth. It's all in the interpretation and the delivery. I, I believe it. And uh, so that's just would kind of get people going back to like, okay, there's East. So, and there's not new age because it's not new. Breathing is as old as time itself. Mm-hmm. The first person put breath in their lungs. And here's another thing that I noticed with the West or anything that came out of a, a more of a Christian Orthodox. When you say you go into yourself, mm-hmm. Christianity teaches yourself is bad. You were born a sinner, that you are inherently bad, that the heart is inherently bad and wicked. And there's some scriptures that say these things. So then why go into yourself? Don't go into yourself. You're bad. You're not, you're not good. Mm -hmm. Can you break that down a little bit for me? Not from that end, but do you think we're bad? No, we are all born divine beings, all of us, every single one of us. And we forget, right? But it's so interesting that religion teaches you that to already make you doubt who you are. Mm -hmm. And that's where the shift of power is, right? If I tell you that you're nothing, right? Which actually, we are nothing and everything, Mm -hmm. right? But if I teach you that you're worthless, I guess that's a better word. If I teach you that you're worthless and that you're dark and you're bad, then you will never be here, right? You will never be in an elevated position to try, one, to fight me or challenge my position of authority, right? So it keeps us passive and um, docile, easy to control. Easy to control, you know, and so I, I don't, look at things anymore as like a positive and negative as much as it like, so I think religion has its place as like the schoolmaster to teach you what it's not like. You know what I mean? It's like to show well, it's you. It's a good foundation. It's a good foundation. It's to let you know, like, uh, it, it, okay, this is what it's like to have your intuition put into a box and mm-hmm. your intuition, that spirit, that thing inside of you is like, I don't like being in a box. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like boxes. I don't even like being in the skin, but we're in the skin. So let's do it. Let's play it out. Right. You know, so that's kind of how I, I, I look at it. And uh, so let's go back a little bit and uh, demystify a little bit further. So when you're meditating, there's different brain, brain waves. 
Can you break down the different right. brain waves? And I teach that in the basic one for many different reasons. One, because it gives the brain a task. So if you're counting breaths, you have less of a chance that you're going to be time traveling, right? Mm -hmm. And two, it keeps you in a certain brain. So you can, just like a manual switch, you can bring yourself to a certain level of brain waves instantaneously, right? So what I teach, um, I would... I was teaching going deeper and people had a hard time. They would like stumble when they stood up. So I keep you in beta. So the different levels, beta is what we're in right now. We're actively thinking, we're talking, um, formulating questions and answers. Analytical. That's, that's right. That's all active beta brain waves, right? And you're in that all the time. Alpha is a more relaxed state, but you're still alert, right? So you can still converse in alpha but it's much more relaxed slower brain waves you're slowing your heart rate more creative though right more creative thought and that's when you really start connecting with intuition going deeper alpha or deeper so like a like a, if you're a musician if you're an artist you'd want to be in alpha right and so when they say you're in the zone literally you're out of so the zone is alpha pretty much okay mm -hmm. is that like flow i mean if you want to if you want to be like scientific about it yeah and i think we've had that conversation i am the scientific mystic right. you know i love the science it has to go together for me in order for me to kind of let down my guard a little right. bit and so that's the database that you've saved because if if this if science will back it up or if i can explain this it feels way safer and exactly. it's okay. I, I will escape judgment <laughs> mm -hmm. because then I have this to back me up, right? Yeah, exactly. And the, mm -hmm. you, you got really deep in me right now with that one, you know, because I, I, I like, again, coming from the Christian background, which I still, I would still consider myself a Christian because I follow Christ. And the, to me, following Christ is like dying to self. That's what it means. Mm -hmm. Just putting somebody else before you. And that's what Christ did. So I follow Christ. But um, so that really helps because then it's like, no, there's science behind this. Your brain waves, your brain oscillates on different frequencies mm -hmm. and going deeper and deeper meditation. And then theta and then delta and right. Explain theta a little bit. So theta is like very deep meditation and sleep even. And so theta is what you're in like in a sound bath. The vibration of the bowls puts you there record time, but also you can do that with the breath, like how I teach the counting of the breaths. And then deltas, unconsciousness, coma, or super deep meditation. So that's when you're sleeping and dreaming. Mm -hmm. So if you were like meditating, mm -hmm. how the hell does that look? Am I just like, can you get to Delta around? and okay, meditation? So, <laughs> um, this is interesting. I mean, you want me to share, but um, so that meditation that I did as a child was Delta. And um, so basically it just looks like you're not breathing. And so um, I asked my son once because people kept asking, well, when you count the breaths, what are you at? And I said, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't count. <laughs> to me, the breath is like a dance. So I can get myself there um, fairly fast. And so I told my son, wait five minutes and then just time my exhale. Right. And, um, so it was 32 seconds at that particular time. And so maybe it's increased sometimes, maybe it's less others. I don't know. I only had him time me because I, I kept being asked in my classes. But um, Delta is beautiful state of meditation. And so I can actually hear everything still. It just takes me a little bit to come back. Like when my son's there, mom, mom, mom. And then mm -hmm. you hear my daughter saying, Mom's meditating. <laughs> That'll bring you back, huh? That'll get you there. You're like, oh yeah, I got, I got kids. I got kids. Yeah, that's right. I got I asked a swami once. I said, um, so how much meditation would actually be considered neglect? <laughs> that's he, a good question. And he looked at me. I said, no, I, I do crave it, and so I meditate at least three times a day. So when I say that I'm highly meditated, I'm not kidding, and um, and I do crave it, but. I don't spend as much time there as I would like. So, you, so when you say crave it, so what, what I've in my readings mm -hmm. for what I studied is that um, it, it kind of taps you into your internal pharmacy. It, right. it it releases. So when you're saying you crave it, because it's like okay, the cortisol levels go down, mm -hmm. which cortisol is horrible for you. It's the stress hormone. 
Mm-hmm. That goes down. And what gets released? In all homeostasis. The I mean, you've got your oxytocin, your serotonin, all those feel-good chemicals that we make ourselves. We make it ourselves. That our human body makes. We, we, so it's like, it's like you're, you're going to the, your own pharmacist that lives within you. Well, what it actually does scientifically, Jonathan. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> there we go. Research. <laughs> One conscious breath, that deep breath, is actually like a light switch for the parasympathetic nervous system. Okay. And so that normally only happens in deep sleep. And if you're someone who's constantly running on high cortisol levels, you don't ever get that deep level of sleep. Right. So meditating would really be imperative for someone to start to stabilize even their hormone levels. But what happens is that that breath actually triggers the parasympathetic nervous system to go to turn on. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is the healing response of the body. This is the repair response of the body, the regeneration response of the body, digestion, mm-hmm. all of that the immune response of the body, all of that, that's a light switch for that. So that's why even if you sat here right now one breath. and just took one deep breath, man, that feels good. It does. It feels good. And that's the, so it releases this. It puts you in, what'd you say? What, what, what's the technical? It triggers the it parasympathetic triggers. nervous system. So when you're stressed, you're in the sympathetic nervous system. That's when the heart rate is up. The blood pressure. mm -hmm. And basically it does. It stops all bodily processes. So when I used to teach at the clinic, because this is what I did, I was in my past life as a Western medicine practitioner. Um, It's all scientific minded. So I would have to explain these things. And I said, so imagine the gazelle, right? And so you see the the cat, the wild cat chasing the gazelle, what's the first thing he does? Releases his bowels. All bodily processes shut down. Hmm. So if you're constantly in this high level of cortisol, stressed out constantly, even digestion shuts down. So everything. So that's why a lot of And that's of people- why the body feels so awful. And then you have this whole group of core muscles that involuntarily contract, which literally stifles deep breathing. So that's why you're here, shallow breathing on the chest. So studies have already proved that most people, by the time they reach age 40, lose 10% of their lungs capacity because they never deep breathe. Wow. And so think about how you are when you're shallow breathing, right? The shoulders are moving because you're really struggling to get enough oxygen. And then that causes all that neck and upper back fatigue. So your body constantly aches. And then the adrenal glands, which are like little hats on the kidneys, are constantly pumping out. So it fatigues the kidneys and the low back. So then you have all that lower back, like extreme pain in the low back. So it just taxes the body in a way that people don't even realize. So you're you're saying they don't realize it. And then they go to a doctor. Mm -hmm. What happens when they go to a doctor and they say... I got all these, I got arthritis, I got... Uh, What's the matter, John? You can't sleep? You want some Ambien? Yeah, there you go. That's it's what, all scripts. It's all scripts. Mm-hmm. So instead of them saying, well, hey, hey, you got a pharmacy that's inside of you. Mm-hmm. They're like, I'm going to write you a prescription. It's not really, it's really not their fault. I it's mean, not, that's, no. that's their education process. So they actually think they're doing you a favor. And you were a nurse, right? Mm-hmm. More so, than two decades. Yeah, so like I'm not I'm not demonizing them, but it's just what they were taught. Right, it was taught. So like, okay, we're gonna write you a prescription. Which before I met you, I was writ, wrote a prescription for painkillers, well, probably sedative. I had Wellbutrin, you know, mm-hmm. Xanax, yeah, yep. all these different things. I tried at one point, even had a medical marijuana card, you know. And um, I, I didn't like it. My body was like, <laughs> you know, you get this mm-hmm. kind of like yuck. Well, you're pouring toxins into your body. And so I was like, I can't do this, you know? Mm -hmm. And I even thought like, oh, like uh, go natural with medical marijuana. And it's like, no, I just, I can't do it. I don't like it. And then meditation. Mm -hmm. What? Mm -hmm. I can breathe and I can feel great. I remember that when I went deep into meditation the first time I was at the river and it felt like God put like a warm blanket over me and just like, it's going to be okay. And, um, I, I went th- like it was so deep and just so like, oh, everything's going to be okay. And it was. Well, the universe does celebrate. You raise your level of consciousness and it's almost like that uh, Cinderella effect. Animals are attracted to you, everything. You get swaddled in that 
that divine energy. It's beautiful. And then you're, you're really one. And one of the benefits I've read about meditation is you become a more compassionate person, mm-hmm. which to me, it's like, uh, the, uh, those drugs that released inside of your body, the serotonin, oxytocin, help make you a more compassionate person. If I see somebody that's always stressed out, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, yeah, cortisol and dopamine. That's what you're on. Mm-hmm. You're on cortisol and dopamine. And they have no time for compassion. They don't have time. You know, I'm not going to say and where. And high levels of monster drinks and. Oh, that was me a couple <laughs> years ago, man. Oh, that boxer, was you? like every day. Yeah. It was terrible. So how'd you feel? Like you start your day. Like with if a... I try to drink Rockstar now, I, it's like, no, I can't do it. Your body's telling you Like no. my body's like, no, don't do that. Mm-hmm. But back then you needed the Rockstar probably because the adrenal gland is probably. Well, you crave that instant energy because your body's not producing it. So uh, the adrenal and So gland. that's why we eat like crap when we're stressed out and oh. drink crappy things. And mm-hmm. So but the adrenal gland, what does that do? That's what pumps out the cortisol. But unfortunately, with high cortisol levels, you also have erratic insulin levels, higher estrogen levels because it lowers your progesterone. So, yeah, it makes you – you're it, like on overdrive and it's it's not – And then you need the rock star the next day and the next day to mm-hmm. be able to just do what you're supposed to do as a normal human being. Right. And uh, these companies are making good money mm-hmm. on keeping you – at this state, right? The doctors and you, you know they're just doing what they're doing. They're providing a service for people that don't know. Hey, you can go by yourself. Well, it's less work, right? If you can go get a script or sit down and quiet your mind. That's why it's, I love mindfulness because I tell people, look, don't ever tell me you don't have time to meditate. When was the last time you went to Walmart? How long did you wait in line? <laughs> don't tell me you don't have time. And I, I actually, when you taught that in class, and I would do that. When I'm in line. Mm -hmm. And so if you start out like that, it will progress to wanting to sit for five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, because you'll say, this makes me feel good. Whoa, this is even better just to not be in a checkout line, but to sit. You see what I'm saying? It feels great. Like I can have 30 minutes go by in meditation. Like I just want to be here. I don't want to leave. I want to stay in this place. And then, but after that, it's like, you have residual effects of being in that place. The rest of your day is just like, mm-hmm. you know, and then along with that, you know, the, like the, uh, like I said, the more mystical side of things with, um, these things that continually happen for me, like my wife's principal showing up at the coffee shop while I'm <laughs> writing about her in my journal mm-hmm. makes it even more like I'm living in a dream world. No, it's, and those are the rewards. The synchronicities are the rewards Synchronicity. because you're actually, paying attention to you're paying attention to it and then you have that awareness of it and then you say i see you thank you and then it will happen more you know i wrote in my journal today and it was like you know when i don't meditate it's not like these things don't happen Mm -hmm. they happen but i'm just not aware that they happen right but i meditated today i was like more of an awareness like whoa Mm -hmm. there's Lori right there and here's my journal right in front of me that I'm writing about what happened at her school. It's just like, wow. You know, and uh, talk a little bit about, uh, you know, people are, are pre- kind of pre-programmed to think this is a evil, maybe a new age. And uh, so I, I, I talked to my mom about these things, about like these things that continue to happen in my life, these synchronicities. It's like I live in a dream world. I try to tell other people and they look at me like I'm crazy, but I'll talk to my mom and my mom would be like, yeah, you get that from me. That happened to me my whole life. Mm-hmm. That's that, that's I can, my mom resonates with it. But then when I talk to her about, that's rel- huge. That's like one step below an apology. You see that, right? What do you mean? That's without her actually saying, I'm sorry, I did this to you. She's mm-hmm. saying, you get that from me. So there's the recognition. The next to happen is, Sorry. But you know, the, 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 so the other thing is like, oh, so, but she's stuck in this like religious mode that says, mm-hmm. this is all evil though. But that's the beginning of her awareness. It's like, why, mom, like you could live in this place. Like this not evil. There's mm-hmm. no evil about it. Like God made you perfect. So that thing that you have, you're supposed to use mm-hmm. and know how to, you know, navigate through this world with it. But it's like, 
no, I, I can't. That's the Bible says, well, no, 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 no. You're, you're misreading that. That's not what it's talking about, you know? So anyway, I just had to go into that a little bit because mm -hmm. uh, that's the definite uh, place that comes from my, even my mom talking to her. So it's like, hmm, mm -hmm. there it is. Um, so the different uh, brain waves. So it's scientific. There's a scientific method to it or, or a way to study it, the, the brain and the different levels that you could take yourself into. Um, so that kind of demystifies it for everybody out there listening that thinks it's just woo-woo. Uh, mm -hmm. But I, I have well, a question, though. How hard is it to get to those deeper levels, or how long does it take? I've been doing it since I was a child, so I would be a bad example. But I would say if you're meditating every day, it would be fairly easy for you because you're already practicing, have a steady practice. And so, like I said, you can also do that with the breath and get yourself there. And so at first, you may be actually falling asleep because your body needs rest. And so a lot of people, when they start those deeper meditative practices, do. They're like, I fall asleep every time. Yeah, well, you will because <laughs> your body's not used to being that relaxed. So you probably will fall asleep. And then it'll start to be a space where you're actually energized. And then in having that relaxation and energetic uh, wakefulness, I guess you can say. And one of the yeah. things you taught in the class was like, it's okay if you fall asleep. It is okay. Allow yourself. Don't ever berate yourself. Even if you're sitting in meditation, all of a sudden you think, oh my gosh, tomorrow I have to cook dinner for 10 people, right? Then, okay, I hear you. And now I'm going to release you. You don't ever beat yourself up for that. It's the, in the recognition that's the success. So like I said, even if it gets out a whole page of dialogue before you actually recognize that, you still recognized it. It's the same success as someone who only got one word out. Because it's your success. Right. Because it's individual and it's you. Mm -hmm. and, and you are gaining control and that's, that's huge. And people don't know how huge it is. Mm -hmm. The little victories, the five minutes, the couple minutes that turned into, you know, where I could the do it. The pumping the gas. The pumping the gas. Mm -hmm. got, everybody's got to do it. Everyone's got to pump gas. Everyone. You know, so why not use that time to help elevate yourself, which to is, help heal your body? It's hard. To, I want to check my phone. I want to see if I got a like on Instagram. You know, I'm just saying. So I'm going to be the devil's out, advocate. And so all of those behaviors are self-avoidance. And I tell people that straight up. So break, unpack that for me. What do you mean, a self-avoidance? Because you are never more yourself than in those quiet moments. And so sometimes it's really uncomfortable to visit those spaces because that's a space of healing and a space of connecting with yourself. And some people loathe themselves to such a great degree that anything, any way to check out is good. So check out is Facebook, Instagram, whatever, worrying about the anything. day, the calendar, but checking in is the time to meditate. And people don't want to check in because the in the they connect. don't like. Right. They're afraid to kind of look in the mirror and see like, oh man, I got egg on my face. Mm -hmm. Like I should do something about that. Right. So they almost like it's self-deception. Like, well, then I don't have egg on my face because I haven't looked in a mirror, mm -hmm. which is like, no, you're just fooling yourself. Mm -hmm. you, you do have the egg on your face and everybody else can see it. But the fact that you don't want to check in because it's that that cave, that dark cave where the dragon lies on the other side and that you have to face that dragon and you don't want to face it. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, in all the stories on the other side of that dragon, there's the gold. There's the everything that you want. There's the, the peace, the relaxation, everything that you're fighting for is on the other side of that dragon. Mm -hmm. But we don't want to face that dragon. I don't want to see what I and look like. And the ego will talk you out of it tooth and nail, man. They will fight, fight, fight. And so I love using the analogy of the Wizard of Oz. You know, that scene with the Wicked Witch and she has the water thrown on her. And she's like, no, mm -hmm. I'm melting. What a world, what a world. That's like the ego in Technicolor. So break that down a little bit. So, um, and that's what creates resistance, right? It's easier to resist and stay where you're at. Change is scary, right? So the ego will say, well, I don't even know why you're doing this. You know what? You're right. 
And so that happens all the time, you know, even bringing it into my practice as a healer, I, I recognize resistance immediately because I start working on the people the night before I have a session with them. And so I feel that I feel the Mm -hmm. resistance and I'll get texts like, um, so do you have something maybe next week? And I just tell them, nope. Really? Mm -hmm. So, and I know it's resistance. So, and then they're like, okay, well, I I really, it's going to be hard for me. And they're like trying to talk me into allowing the resistance and I don't. So either you see me or you don't, but I don't have anything for you. You are a badass. So, um, well, (laughs) I'm a healer first and foremost. And that's, so that's always my thing. I tell them, look, it's healing is not for the meek. (laughs) I've never (laughs) heard anybody say that. It's, it's work. And so um, it does create a huge amount of resistance. But once you get past that, and it's just like getting into cold water, right? The feet are good, the legs are good, but would you get to those tender spots? Mm-hmm. It's a little more intense, right? But once you're in, it's good. You can get the head wet. You see what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. So it's the same way in healing. You're like, okay, we can talk about it. That's safe. I can even schedule with you. That's safe oh my God, you know, I allowed this woman to start working on me and I can feel this energy moving in me and I can feel myself changing a little bit. And here goes the eagle. I'm melting. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? Can we reschedule? <laughs> oh no. We're at the point of no return. Because the ego doesn't want to die. So go in chest deep, baby. You'll be fine. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> you know, the, the ego wants to live. The ego wants to fight for itself. The you ego know? wants to remain in control. And uh, way it was explained to me is, you know, ego, E-G-O, earth guide only. It's only just to get you through the basics, mm-hmm. but there's something level. There's some, another level. There's something transcendent other than the ego. And Deepak Chopra actually made it into an acronym too. And I think he calls it edging God out. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you put that, that God or intuition, that universe, that other thing that's available to have in your toolbox mm-hmm. to navigate through this life. You kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm gonna. It's easier to, like you said, listen to the ego. Right. And uh, so you talked about uh, a little bit more about uh, getting in all the way, mm-hmm. head deep. When uh, I first met you, we did the mindfulness. I went through that, and then you started doing something else, pranayama. The pranayama yoga, yes. L- let's talk and about so that a little bit. That that's amazing healing work, and that's more than just meditation. That's it's active meditation, active breathing. And so that's an ancient Eastern technique. And um, with guide, you know, I use intuition to guide you through the breath work, but that's really intense and powerful healing work. And so what that does is it pulls out that trauma that you tend to store up in your body and all of that stagnant energy that just sits around that you store, right? And it pulls it literally pulls it out of the body. So you're your own healer. I'm just holding space. I create this sacred space for you and I guide you through that so that you know you have um, someone there pulling for you too. But it's intense work. It is intense. Mm -hmm. So you you were, um, I think you were getting certified in it when we were talking and I Mm -hmm. I don't know if I was one of the first or second, third, I was somewhere in that range of, Mm -hmm. and um I don't want to say I'm nobody special, but I am special because everybody's special, but I'm saying I'm no different than anybody else. I want to say that, but it did take, I didn't get a chance to let the ego die. Like everything was stripped from me. I lost everything at one point in my life. Everything that I had, it was just gone. I had a skateboard and I slept on my parents' couch Mm -hmm. and that's it. So I really had to go into that cave and slay that dragon. So I'm not like this brave knight, like, oh, I, you know, went in there and did it. It was like, either I'm going to do it or I'm going to die. Literally, that's where I was at. But, uh. So I tried the, the pranayama, which I never would have done ever. I never would have even thought about doing it because it's very, like, a, puts me at a very vulnerable state. Right. Where you have to hold that space for me, like you said. Mm-hmm. Intense. I loved every minute of it. And I mm-hmm. remember thinking about when I was in the, it, it, during the process of it, I would think about the process of it. Mm-hmm. And I would be pulled out. I would automatically like, okay, I'm in my head now. And like all the sensation was gone. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't want to be here. I want to go back into this. So I was like, stop thinking, stop thinking. Boom. 
like mm-hmm. this energy and this greatness. And then it's like, but how am I going to explain this to somebody? And then boom, out. Mm-hmm. And so that's during the work phase. In those first few minutes, the ego is fighting it. Fights. This feels so uncomfortable. I don't even know why I'm doing this. Why am I laying flat here doing this breath? It feels weird. It doesn't feel right. And what exactly is happening inside of me at this minute? Those so things go on in all, your head. All, those, all that dialogue. And then the, you hit that space where you actually become the breath. And then the mind just goes... Kind of like those old style TVs, you know, it's oh, yeah. all fuzz and you turn it off and it's like the old sinks tube to ones. the center. Yeah. And then you have that little dot. <laughs> and then, whoa. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> You're making me want to try it. I'm like, oh. And you offer that class. So let's just give a plug real quick for that class. Do you still do that? I do workshops. So that's not really a class. Oh, not a it's class. healing work. Okay. So I do private sessions. I do couple sessions and I do workshops. Um, I actually have a whole retreat scheduled for an, this Saturday upcoming the 14th at Painted Rock um, Petroglyph site where I'm doing a sacred fire, the breath work, and then a sound bath to follow. And that's really intense. I've done the sound baths after and it keeps your body in that vibrational level and so it's it's phenomenal yeah get to ride that wave i want to do the sound bath i've done sound bath at integratron oh yeah i love that the integratron oh yeah that Mm -hmm. was like crazy how was it i loved it so to people like okay those things will sound weird but tesla who i love Mm -hmm. i know tori loves tesla he said if you want to understand the universe You've got to look at it as vibrations. It's all vibration. It's all vibration. Everything well, is vibrating. think about our body. And that's science, it's everybody. Mostly, right. <laughs> so here's science. the science for John. Um, <laughs> our body is mostly water, right? Mm-hmm. So 70% water. And our bones are these beautiful crystalline structures. So it readily accepts vibration. And so every religious text, when you read it, what was first? Well, what, In the uh, beginning, there was the word. That yeah, was the, the word. first thing. It wasn't a word. They didn't even speak. It was vibration. Vibration. Oh, that. And so that's why sound is so powerful. And I kept um, being called to add sound. So I started adding sound to my healing sessions, even doing the energy work. And um, I would just have this intuition to do certain hums or sounds. And I found that I was like, whoa, I could feel the divine, because I'm a conduit, I could feel that energy flowing through at a greater rate. And I'm like, whoa, something's really happening to this. So then I got taught how to do sound healing. And so I was actually using the bowls for healing, not sound baths at first. Sound bath is like, anybody can just lay there and chill and enjoy it. Sound healing, I'm actually placing the bowls on you and I'm opening up those blockages. So it's like, the, what the breath work does, but not as intensely because you're not having to really work. You just kind of lay there. Mm-hmm. And I'm coaxing all of that energy out using vibration. But that's that's really innovative science too because they're working on that, but they're using, uh, of course, technology to yeah. do the vibrations. And they're, you know, very triggered vibration into a certain, like a tumor or something like that. Which so, works and has some and effect. And it does work and it, it's very effective. But um, they were able this to... is like since the dawn of man, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And this existed. So it's not woo-woo, it's not new age, it's not Eastern, it's from the dawn of man. Like, so, and you cannot disclaim that or, you know, say it's woo-woo. I mean, that's what you are. And it makes sense to me because it's like, of course, it, God created this world, right? If we, if we can all agree on that, mm-hmm. then wouldn't he give us all the tools we need? Exactly. You know, if people just, if you could just end it there, like, just think about that. He would give us all the tools we need. We don't need to manufacture another tool. It's here, like the vibration. And we, when we get the success and we find it in science, it's like, it should be like, well, duh. Mm-hmm. And that's well, a huge part of why I abandoned the paper, I like to call it. You know, I go paperless. Because I had this beautiful piece of paper that said I was smart and that I could tell you things. And, and I said, you know what, I'm done. So you're not, talking about that's the, not like, who I am. the paper, the certificate, the, right. with the nursing, the degrees, the degrees. and all that. Yep. And so, I said, forget it. That's not who I am. If you want to describe Sherry by that, that's like 
describing my physical body by just my wrist. And how it's can completely you, unremarkable. Yeah, how can you sum up Sherry by a piece of paper? No, we can't do it to Jonathan. We can't do it to Victoria. To anybody listening. We can't do it to Rigo. And that's a beautiful place to live the rest of your life out of. Imagine how freeing that is. Because you have people now coming up saying, I got to do this to be this. But let it go. You don't have to do anything to be, but just be. It's beautiful. All right. We're going to end it now. I hope everybody enjoyed this. And uh, just let us know where could we find out more information about uh, the things that you offer. Well, I have a Facebook page. It's just my name, Sherry Magdaleno. How do you spell the last name? M-A-G-D-A-L-E-N-O. And so I created that page. I'm very low tech. And so um, I've been told I need a website. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'll eventually be getting into that. Uh, My son promised to help. So eventually that'll be offered. But my number is 928-315-3615. And I'll answer you when I can. Text if you're scared or call if you like to actually talk to me. And I don't have a problem meeting someone for coffee first or whatever so that they can actually see that what I do, I'm legit. Because I know people have that dialogue going on in their head so they're scared and i don't have issues doing that meeting anyone anywhere and just sit down and talk to you so you can see where to start what you need and because some people know they need something they just don't know what they Mm -hmm. need and then you help guide them and figure that out Mm -hmm. i do well that's awesome so yeah give her a call schedule an appointment i think that's what the first thing i did was uh, text you i got your number from somebody and then all those things that you just described you were that for me. So I appreciate oh, that you, on the other side of somebody that's experienced the healing that you helped bring into this world as a conduit of God. So thank definitely. You. And so I want to thank uh, Studio Y for being our very first sponsor. Yes. Like, and I think, it's a like, beautiful, sacred space. So yes, thank you, Amanda. I love when I started teaching there. It's just I remember beautiful space. The first time I went was for the pranayama. And then I was just like, whoa, this is in Yuma? Right. It's beautiful space. I mean, the energy is so wonderful. In oh, there. it's, it's, it's great. So I look forward to taking some classes, me and yoga, mm-hmm. uh, it's me the and tiny Rigo. little blue French doors on your way to the garden cafe. Just take a stop and peek in because that space is beautiful. So we're coming for the hot yoga class. So anyway, all Love right, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do it. But uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Don't forget to rate and review us if you can on iTunes, the Google Play Music app, and whatever uh, app you use to get our podcast. We really appreciate everybody, and thank you. Until next time, see you later. Mm-hmm.